Do you know that from your position you can change the situation? Do you also know that you are the master over the created world and that you are meant to rule over everything God has made? Listen carefully to Pastor Shegun Obaji as he brings to you with simplicity and clarity the message of the new creation reality in Christ Jesus. Be blessed as you listen. I want us to look at the word of God today. We are looking at another law. The law of relationships. Amen. Praise God. Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Hallelujah. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over everything that, that, everything that moves upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in thee which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed Um, To you it shall be for meat. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I want us to consider verse 27 together. This is Bible study, so we're going to study together. Amen. I want us to read verse 27 together. One, two, three, let's go. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Okay, so let's analyze this now. So God created man in his own image. Let someone say man. Say it again. Say it again. So God created man in his own image. And then he goes on to say, in the image of God created he him. Alright? And then he uses, there's there's he uses the word him for man created he him male and female created he them hallelujah so just write this simple equation down it's going to help us man is equal to him from verse 27 of genesis chapter number one is equal to Male and female is equal to them. Do you see that? So let's go again. Man is equal to him is equal to male and female is equal to them. Hallelujah. Good. So that tells us that man is not just talking about the male man, gender notwithstanding here. He's talking about both male and female. So when we read Genesis chapter number 26, 
We read it in this light now. Amen. And God said, let us make man, let us make him, let us make male and female, let us make them in what? In our image, after our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea. So, God's idea of man is male and female. Not male and male and male and male. Not female and female and female and female. The idea of man is male and female. So the female man, in that sense, is as much or is made in so much quantity and quality of God's image as much as the male man was made in the image of God. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Amen. Now if you're a male man here, wave your hands. <clears throat> Glory to God. What about a female man? Amen. Do you see that? Now, there is no male spirit and there is no female spirit. How many of us know that? Uh-huh. There's only male body and female body. Praise the Lord. Amen. And female, the female man or females are not weaker vessels. He says you should treat them the way you treat very, very delicate vessels. Does not mean that they are delicate or they are weaker vessels in that sense. Amen. You should treat them with care. That's what it says there. So that tells us that the man, the male man, is as much the image of God as the female man. Isn't that clear from what we have read? Amen. Praise God. Now, <clears throat> notice here also, in verse 27, he says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God created he them. Male and female created he them. That means God made man, the male man, and the female man to cohabit, to live together. Not necessarily as husband and wife. Hello? Praise God. Amen? And that is the human relationship in that sense. So, we see from the book of the beginnings that it is God's original intent, God's original idea to have male man and female man live together without some of the um, ungodly attachments that a lot of people you know, bring into it. Praise God. God's original intent is to have the male man and the female man live together and then function together as one man. Amen. As one man. Alright. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Do you see that? Okay. Let's, let's take it to another level. Amen. Let's define relationship. <laughs> While I was studying around this topic, I got something, you know, it just came to me while I was studying. Relationship. 
write these words down. Relationship. Relationship. And then is equal to or equals relate relate I think in another I think or dash one ship Amen relate in one ship relationship Relate to one ship, relationship. So as fast as you could call that, you will get the other one, which is the right-hand side or the left-hand side, as the case may be. So when you talk about relationship, you are talking about relating in one ship. There is always a point of intersection. There is always something of common interest. Hallelujah. Without that, there cannot be relationship. So when you have two or more people uh, relating in one ship of common interest, in one ship of intersection, in one ship of commonness, then you say they have a relationship together. It might be business, it might be friendship, it might be marriage, it might be church, it might be academics. There is always a common interest. And God has designed man. To live together as one man with different common interests amongst them. Hallelujah. Everybody is a success in a network of people. You cannot live alone. You cannot succeed alone. If you have a vision, if you have a mission, if you have an assignment, if you have a dream, it is always to some set of people. You cannot fulfill your dream in your room alone. With yourself. It has to be in a network of people. And as you begin to um, treasure relationship so, so, so much, you begin to understand how you can succeed in a network of people very easily. Praise God. Hallelujah. So God's intention is that man, male man, female man, will interrelate and function as one. That's the essence of relationship. Different things bringing us together of common interest. Amen. I said amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And there are different types of relationships. Amen. Let's look at the types of relationships. The first type of relationship you have is called family. Family relationship. The family relationship is the kind of relationship that is the first and foremost kind that you experience in life. Every person, every human being is supposed to be born into a family. Unfortunately, some were not born into a particular family. Amen. But the design of God is that every man should be born into a family. And that is, you know, uh, the smallest unit of the society where you are groomed and values are taught you and then you, uh, you inculcate these values into your system, you develop basically four things in the family. Amen? Number one, you develop a sense of identity. You are not meant to get a sense of identity in the society. 
If you go out of your family unit and then go into the society to develop a sense of identity, that means your family has failed. There's a failure of family life somewhere. Number two, a sense of purpose. A sense of purpose. You begin to understand why are you the very person you are. Why are you different from the other person? Why are you meant to do things this way and the other person does it the other way? You begin to understand the why about your life. A sense of purpose. Number three. You develop a sense of significance, importance. You begin to feel uh, worthy about yourself. You feel satisfied with yourself. You feel you have something to offer. And you know you have something to offer. So you know someone else needs you. You are not just there on your own. A sense of significance. A sense of importance. Amen. Praise the Lord. So number one is what? Number two? Number three? Amen. Praise the Lord. And then number four. What you get in a family is this. You get a sense of responsibility. Amen. A sense of responsibility. Please, we have to understand this. Many of us here are very young. And we have to know that all of our children must be groomed in that kind of atmosphere. If your child goes out of your house or home, home setting, and then does not know who he or she you know, is, then there is a problem at home. Every child must get at home a sense of identity. Amen? Now, if you always shut up your kids... They will not feel significant. They will not feel important. And when they go out there, maybe in class, and then the teacher is asking a particular question, they know the answer, but they are not expressive. They believe they don't have anything to offer. It, it, it started from home. Amen? It started from home. But thank God for His mercy. Amen? Many of us, our parents have failed at home. And God brings us to a church, into a church setting, and then begins to develop these four things in us. A sense of identity, a sense of purpose, a sense of what? Significance, a sense of responsibility. It is at home that you know that you have to be your brother's keeper. Yeah. Now this attitude of maybe someone is dying and I don't care. What, what concerns me? Is that my own you know, cup of Nesquip? Amen. Because at home, there is no mutuality. In fact, in some homes, nobody cares about anybody. Alright? Whether the dad is down, nobody cares. Mom. But it should not be so. The reason we are together is to relate. You've got something, you contribute that, you care. For your brother, you care for your sister, you care for your parents. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. So there's what is known as family relationship. And this is very, very important. Alright? 
there are some families that are dysfunctional, that notwithstanding, we should not carry, that, carry over that dysfunctional mentality into a new family. Amen? Do you know a lot of us here, somehow, it might not be on purpose, you are looking for, you know, I mean the male men. You are looking for a woman like your mother. It might not be on purpose. Praise God. Why? Because it's somehow ingrained in your mindedness that this is how a woman should look like. And this is how a woman should behave. Alright? Um, apology to those who came from that kind of a home. But I have to say this. Amen? Some of our mothers are slaves at home. Enslaved to our father. Amen? They don't have a will of their own. Not that they are submissive. They have become um, subservient to your, our father, so to speak. And this is not the way it should be. So we believe that, well, every woman should always obey the man. When the man screams, the woman should sit down. And we have that mindset. Some born again, spirit field, though. We're still thinking that, that way. And that's why we have to come to the word of God and renew our mind. Praise the Lord. Amen. Many of us have grown up to know our fathers to always have their way. Your dad will always have his way. He will always get whatever he wants. So you believe that that is a man. A man will always get whatever he wants. That's not true. Alright? You are not more of God's image than the woman. We just read that now. Uh Some of you are looking at me somehow now. Amen. (laughs) This is just going to be very gentle teaching. Amen. Alright, but it will sink very deep into your heart. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Uh, Should I share more about that? (laughs) Praise God. We are coming to that, alright? So there is family relationship. And then the second kind of relationship is known as a friendship. 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 When friends are in the same ship, you call that what? Friendship. Amen? Now they have a common thing that has brought them together. This is not a family kind of relationship now, but you have left your family and now you are in the larger or bigger society, bigger than the family unit. Now, you have people of common interest. Now you are relating. The values you exchange in friendship are values that you have imbibed in your family life. Amen? These are values we exchange. So, when you talk about friendship here, you are talking about meeting with someone of of common interest, of mutual uh, intersection, and then you are exchanging values. You are exchanging values. Friendship is all about exchanging values. One value might be stronger than the other. Amen? Or somehow you are being influenced. You are being influenced. Praise God. So this kind of uh, relationship, friendship, could be um, a casual one. So there's casual friendship. In other words, you just meet the person, a classmate, you read together. But you are not so, so committed to each other. You are not so, so obligated to each other. There is no covenant between you. That is casual friendship. 
If there's nothing to read together, you don't visit with each other, you, you can't call the person at midnight or you can't call the person when you are in you know, a dead need that, hey, please help me out. That's a casual kind of friendship. The level of contribution to uh, that relationship is very minimal and casual. There is no deep commitment to it. Amen. And wisdom says you don't waste your life and your energy in that kind of relationship. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And on that friendship, um, there's um, covenant friendship. Now, covenant friendship is that kind of friendship where you have well-defined commitment. There is a deep commitment involved in covenant friendship. There are some friendship that, or, or friendships that you get involved in, and it is not that you actually want to get something out of it, but you find out that it is a relationship that helps your value. It promotes your value. It promotes uh, the, the values you hold. The values you uphold. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, this kind of relationship is deeper than casual kind of relationship. And you have to understand the dynamics of it. You have to. Because there are a lot of people who call some other people, my friends, my friends, their friends, their friends. But they don't understand what friendship is all about. We are still going to look at that. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Another kind of relationship is marriage. Alright? Marriage. Marriage is not a casual kind of relationship. It's not casual friendship. Marriage is a covenant kind of relationship. A covenant kind of relationship. With sacred and deep sense of commitment to each other. The commitment is deep and it is sacred. Praise God. Now we are going to look at all these and then we bring them into a place of study. And x-ray, uh, we're going to x-ray the um, importance of these kind of relationships. Now, the first thing I want to say about um, <clears throat> relationship, apart from these types of relationship, is we want to look at the laws that guide relationships. Laws that guide relationships. Amen? Let's look at the laws. Number one... is that every relationship runs on likeness. Likeness. Amen. Not liking. Likeness. There are two different things. Liking is affinity. Likeness is resemblance. Alright? Now, likeness here is that there must be some level of resemblance. There must be some level of togetherness. There must be some level of commonness in every relationship. It is not wise to get into a relationship and there is nothing that you can say it's a platform or an index of resemblance. 
That is not a relationship. That is just multitudes flocking together. There must always be likeness. Let me give you an instance. If you call someone your friend, for example, there must be a degree of likeness. I love some things, and then this same person loves the same things, then we can go together as friends. But if you say, this person is your friend, the person has a lifestyle apart from yours, the person is not your friend, really. The person is going to take the lead in that relationship and then will influence you wrongly. That is what the Bible calls evil communication. So friendship here, or relationship, the first law here is that there must be a level of likeness. We love God together, so we are friends. We do business together, so we are friends. We attend attend the same church, so we are friends. We attend the same um, school, or attended the same school, so we are friends. There must be a level of likeness, so that when you begin to fellowship together, and that is one of the uh, benefits of friendship, we are still coming to that. When you begin to fellowship together with one another, you understand that there is a point of intersection, there is a place of coming together. There's a place where you meet. There's a place where you connect. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The second law here is there must be um, a deep sense of purpose. Resemblance, likeness, and then purpose. Now the question you should ask yourself if you are entering into any relationship is this. Why am I entering into this relationship? Why? Because what is going to give you a sense of focus is not liking. Liking could be confusing. Liking is just, it could be an emotional tie. Liking could just be, well, I just like the way this person um, looks. I like the way this person, you know, dresses. But the issue is this. These things cannot hold a relationship for so long. There must be a deep sense of purpose. Even when things change, even when times change, you will always have a reason to stick to that relationship because the reason was well defined ever before you entered into it. A good sense of purpose. Amen. I know why I'm married to my wife. Amen? I know why. I know why we are still together. I know why we are going to be together. Amen? Forever. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen? So I know why. Um, We face challenges. We've had issues. Amen? But those things are not enough to separate us. Because the reason... I came into that relationship or I went into that relationship was well defined ever before I entered into it. So, for you to have a fruitful, worthwhile relationship, there must be a good sense of purpose. A good sense of purpose. Amen? Praise the Lord. Number three. The third law here is mutual understanding. In every relationship, there must be mutual understanding. And that understanding has to be 
uh, an understanding that is corporate. You know this person, this person knows you. You know this person, this person knows you. I don't know that, I don't want to say that you understand everything about the person. But to a degree. To a degree. To a degree of understanding that can facilitate relationship. Amen. You can't just jump into a relationship without knowing the person, who the person is, at least to a degree, that can facilitate um, relationship. So there must be mutual understanding. He knows you, you know him, she knows you, you know her. Praise God. Hallelujah. As the case may be. So there must be mutual understanding. Amen. Number four. There must be love. Now when I say love here, I don't mean emotional attachment. Amen. I don't mean emotional attachment. When I say love here, I mean a lifestyle or a way of living. A principle. A principle. Now, love generally has been defined as emotional attachment. If you ask anybody that how do you know you love this person? And then the person tells you that anytime I see this person, I just feel good about this person. Amen? Uh, That's not the way to know you love someone. It goes beyond that because feelings come and they go. So that means if you don't feel good about the person any longer, it means you do not love the person. Is that what you are saying? Amen? In marriage, it's not all the time you feel good about your spouse, your wife, or your husband. Yeah, at times you don't even feel good about it at all. The whole thing in itself. Praise God. Glory to God. Amen. But does that mean you're now going to take a document of divorce and say, I want to just release her from my life. She's just disturbing me. Or this man is a terrible man. He has drawn me back all my life. I should be a high flyer by now. Just flying high there. But this man has kept me under. No. Praise the Lord. <laughs> amen. I said amen. One of, the, one of the greatest challenges of people who are about to get married is that they do not know how to define love. In fact, they don't know the definition of love. I have, I have administered questionnaires and I have had responses from people. They don't know the definition of love. Amen. More than 85% of young people who intend to get married don't know the definition of love at all. Amen. We're going to see what love is. You understand love. Love is much more than emotions. Amen. It's much more than that. There is emotion involved in it, but it is not emotion. It's just like saying man is a body. Is man a body? No. Man is a spirit being that has a soul and lives where? In a body. But the part of the part of man that people see very easily is what the physical part of it. So it is quick for you to say, you could just quickly say, man is just a bundle of flesh. But man is much more than a body. 
man is a spirit being, essentially, primarily. A spirit being, he has a soul and then he lives in a body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, also love. You know, the flesh of love is emotion. That is the, the part of, you know, love that a lot of people feel and see all the time. Alright? But it goes beyond that. The um, reinforcement in love, the core of it, the spirit of love, is the commitment. You found purpose. You found identity. You found something beyond the physical. So you are committed to it. Even when the shape and every other thing is no longer there. Amen? You are still committed. That's love. Now, you wonder sometimes, you know, couples. The husband is around 85 and then the wife, 81 or 82. And they, 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 they still move around. They love each other. and They just flow. Sometimes, you know, for some young guys, you just feel like, what is this man looking for? What is she? She doesn't have the shape, the physique is not there and all that. But the man is still committed and enjoys the relationship. So what is he looking for? The smoothness of her skin? Amen? No. She's looking for something. You know, she's, I mean, he's seen something beyond what can be seen physically speaking, so to speak. He has seen something that is intrinsic. Something that is beyond the physical eyes. He has seen a sense of purpose. He has seen togetherness beyond natural mutuality. He has seen and he has found love. Amen? I said amen. Yeah. So, there must be love. First and foremost, a principle before it is an emotion. Love is first and foremost a principle before it is an emotion. Love is first and foremost a principle, a commitment, a way of life before it's an emotion. Amen. In 1 John 4, it says God is love, right? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave. Bible says, While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? So, what did He see in us? We were yet sinners. What did He see in us? Purpose. I didn't make these people to be sinners. He saw our future. See, love is more, more, far much more futuristic than it is you know, present. Amen. I was speaking uh, with a lady and then I told her, I said, if you had met me when my, my wife met me and then I had proposed to you, you would have said no. Amen. Because I wasn't looking like this. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I wasn't looking like this at all. I was crude. I was raw. I didn't. I, I, I wasn't. La- I, I wasn't used to laughing at all. I don't. I don't catch any fun in this. Just read my Bible, go for lectures, go fellowship, attend fellowship, then come back home. No laughter, no nothing. 
Because I felt like people, you know, laughed so much or too much, you know, were serious people. <laughs> Praise God. But she, she saw beyond, beyond all those. There was something she saw. For you to really love, alright, you must see beyond the physical. That's just the truth. Amen? That is just the truth. You must catch a revelation to love. Yeah. Because you see, if love is going to be stable and constant, then it must be based on what is stable and constant. If, it's, if love is going to be abiding, then it must be based on what is abiding. That's it. If it's not based on what is abiding, it cannot abide. It cannot endure. Praise the Lord. Alright? So, love must be involved. Another law of relationship is sharing. You can call it mutuality. Sharing. A healthy relationship is mutual, is, you know, symbiotic. It's not the kind of relationship that is lopsided and one-sided. Amen. Particularly ladies, I have to say this, we are still coming to that. Amen. You believe that you are the beneficiary of the relationship. Yeah. The man must always give you. The man must always sacrifice everything. He must always give everything. He must always give everything. Alright? And you are at the receiving end. Just like a reservoir. <laughs> Drinking in all the water, just storing it up and just storing it up. No, 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 no. It has to be mutual. It has to be uh, reciprocal. It has to be symbiotic. Amen? I said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Why is it that, you know, <clears throat> on Christmas Day or Valentine Day, you expect the man to bring the cake, bring all the gifts, and then she, she sits back expecting to receive everything. Amen? And if the man doesn't bring something, she's angry. He does not love me again. Alright? There must be sharing. In any relationship, there must be sharing. Hallelujah. If there's no sharing, if there's no mutuality, if there's no reciprocity, it is a sickly relationship. Amen? It's sick. It's a sickly relationship. It's not healthy. Hallelujah. You know, someone was defining the Dead Sea. said, why is the Dead Sea dead? Amen? Because the Dead Sea has all the inflows, but no what? Outflow. That's why it is called Dead Sea. Now, don't forget that it is more blessed to give than to what? To receive. Praise God. <laughs> so, there must be mutuality. All right? Another law is there must be sacrifices. In any relationship, there must be sacrifices. Amen? There was a time my wife needed some amount of money. And then I told her, this is my bank account. You know how much is there. I said, okay. But I need the money anyway. Praise God. 
I said, okay, I will give it to you. So I withdrew every dime in my bank, bank account and gave it to her. Amen. Praise God. And then she looked at me and said, you don't have, how do you manage this and all that? I said, don't worry, I'll faith it. I'll faith it. I'll believe God. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now, it wasn't convenient for Jesus to die for us. Do you think it was convenient? Father and I, crucify me. Ha, 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 ha. No. <laughs> he wasn't laughing on the cross. <laughs> amen. You know, Sister Wina said it wasn't easy, but it was worth it. Amen. So, that's it. It was not easy. There should be sacrifices in relationships. You must learn to sacrifice. There are times it's not easy to do that. I remember when I was seven, I was in Calabar. It takes almost the whole day by road to get from Calabar to Ife. And I came at least six times. There was a time one of our friends was asking that where is your fiance serving? Is he in Oshun State here? She said, no, in Calabar. I said, Calabar? Wow. Amen. I said, Amen. Praise God. Well, she came just once. She wanted to come the second time. I said, no, let me do all the traveling. You just stay there. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's sacrifice. In relationships, there must be sacrifices. Not one, not two. Many sacrifices. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, how many of us like this and, you know, maybe your friend is coming to visit with you and then you ask, what are you bringing for me? What are you going to bring for me? Amen? Bring for me. Bring. Bring. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. You know, I've made it a point of delight to always exchange gifts. Let me put it this way. Give gifts to my friends when I meet them. When I went to Lagos, I bought some books for my friend, Pastor Festus. Amen. Said, I brought these books for you. Have you read this? I have not read it. Oh, you have to read this. And then, what about this one? Oh, you have to read this. And I said, okay, I want to read them and all that. And I said, they are yours. Expensive books. Praise God. Amen. Not pirated copies. Original copies. Glory to God. Amen. I said amen. So, these are some common laws in the word of God that guide relationships. Now, let's go into some deep things here. Amen. I want us to look at influence in relationship. Now, this is more of teaching, so an instruction. Alright, so I'm not preaching. I'm not going to preach. So don't look at me that maybe this person is not really anointed today. Amen. Praise God. I'm always anointed. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Okay. 
Um, influence in relationship. Every relationship will dole out a measure of influence. You just have to know that. Every relationship has a measure of influence to give. Now, the kind of influence that is doled out is a function of the kind of relationship. If it's a good one, it's going to be a good influence. If it's a bad one, it's going to be a bad influence. And mostly, it has been proven that friendship influences people much more than church life. Because the pastor is going to minister maybe 45 minutes, at most one hour. Alright? But you will always be like the people you hang around the most. In other words, if you hang around people for so long a time, you become those people. That is influence in relationship. Every relationship has a measure of influence to dole out. You have to know that. So, Whatever kind of influence you want upon your life, all right, must be premeditated and predetermined that I want this kind of influence. So look for the kind, that kind of relationship that can dole out that measure of influence. Get into it and you'll be influenced. Something happened to the Corinthian church. Paul came preached to them the resurrection from the dead, that everybody will be raised from the dead, both believers. There's resurrection of unbelievers from the dead unto eternal damnation. And there's resurrection of believers, you know, from the dead unto eternal reward. Hallelujah. And then some folks came to the Corinthian church, you know, after Paul had left the place. And they began to teach some other doctrines apart from that which the Apostle Paul had taught them. And then they thought that, look, there is no resurrection from the dead. Just eat and live and then you die. Don't bother yourself. Just eat, live, and then die. And when you are gone, you are gone. That's the end of it. Now, Paul now wrote to them in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, Do you think we risk our lives in vain? Myself and my crew members. Sometimes we fight with beasts. Sometimes we expose our lives to danger just to reach out to you and preach the gospel to you. If in this world alone we have hope, we have all men most miserable. And then Paul now hit the nail on the head. He got to verse 33. He knew why those folks, you know, acted the way they acted. Amen. You know, my mentor said, if you see a man acting differently, he's hearing what? Differently. He said, be not deceived. Evil what? Communications, corrupt good, manners. That means they were flocking with the wrong folks and that wrong influence came on them. You see, you don't have a choice in the, in the ship that you are in. If you get into a wrong ship, you are going in the wrong direction. Alright? It's just like you get into a cab or a bus um, going to Akure, for example. Alright? And then you enter in there. And you're about to enter, welcome to Akure. Or get to that place, welcome to Akure. <laughs> and you change your mind. Alright? That uh, I'm not going to Akure again. Alright? The influence will definitely be on you. If you get into a wrong relationship, you'll be influenced wrongly. 
And that's why most of the time we tell young folks who are just born again, look, choose your friends. If you don't choose your friends, there will be a serious challenge with you. You will hear something in church, God will do something, and then your friends will undo what God has done. Yeah. So it's just, God will polarize you, they will what? Neutralize you. It's just like that. You come back to zero level. And that's why some people are not changing. No matter the word you preach, fire is coming out of your mouth like this. <laughs> they go out there burning and then there's one nice block somewhere. And then it comes and shh. They come back again to church. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Now this is very, very important. Now let's look at an example in the word of God. In Second Samuel chapter number 13, we saw um, someone, a young man, Amnon by name, a son of David. And then we saw um, this man was in a serious situation. Had some loss towards his stepsister. Amen. Tamar by name. And then wanted to sleep with her. Was looking for ways to just sleep with her. But did not get any opportunity. But had a cousin, Jonadab. And then Jonadab being a nephew of David. And then said to um, Amnon, look, don't bother yourself. Why should you as a king's son be sick? This way, you want something, I can help you get it. Act as though you need help. And very, very sick. The king will come and visit with you. And then when he comes, tell the king, please grant me my request. Or else I will die in this sickness. Please, I want my sister Tama to come and make some meal in my house before me. And then, you know, present the meal in her hands. And while I will eat the meal... In her hands, the king said, well, no problem if that will make you happy. She's your sister. Alright? So, the king granted his request. And then Tamar came and did just that. And then when she was done with the meal, she presented the meal to Amnon. And then Amnon said, let everybody leave the house. Leave this room. All the servants, all the security men, leave, 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 leave. They left and then he locked the door and then pulled her towards him and said, look, you must sleep with me. She said, no, I'm a virgin. This must not be had in Israel, blah, blah, blah. And then he forced her, slept with her, defied her, and then hated her much more than he loved her and then pushed her outside. Tamar being a sister of Absalom. A son of David too. Told Absalom, this is what Amnon did. Ah, okay, no problem. I will set him up. Organize the party. After many months, many, many days. And then he had forgotten what he had done. Organized the party and then they were eating and rejoicing and all that. And then he told the security man, strike this man at once. Kill him at once. Not twice, just you have to kill him just at once. And then the man came, they just targeted him with a spear. And then, and sword and killed him. Praise God. 
The man died, and I was asking myself, Jonadab, where are you? Amen. Jonadab did not die. But his influence affected Amnon negatively. Alright? That's friendship. Cousins. Now, it is good for us to understand the power of relationship. And the power of any relationship is influence. If you get into any company, you get into any relationship, you will be influenced. Either you like it or not. Praise the Lord. Amen. Either you like it or not, you will definitely be influenced. The Corinthians were influenced. Amnon was influenced. Alright. And then if you read through the Bible, you find out that there are godly influence and there are ungodly influence or influences. So, you have to choose your relationship correctly so that you can choose the kind of influence you want. Predetermine the influence. I want this kind of influence and then go for the relationship that will dole out or deliver that measure of influence to you. Can someone say amen to that? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Now let's look at friendship. On a general note, friendship. Let's look at friendship. Now the casual kind of friendship, we're not going to look at that because it's just a friendship or a kind of friendship that is not well defined in terms of commitment and obligation. You are not obligated to the person in any way. It's just that you are together doing something in common and when that thing is no longer there, you are no longer together. But the kind of friendship I want us to look at here is covenant friendship. Covenant friendship where you have well-defined commitment or obligations to your friend. And these um, commitments or obligations are well-defined. Each party knows it. Together, you know it. Amen? Praise God. Now, this kind of friendship is the kind of friendship between Jonathan and David. Jonathan and David. Let's look at um, 1 Samuel chapter number uh, 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. I'll read verse 1, 2, and 3. Verses 1, 2, and 3. And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day, and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David became, made a covenant, because he loved him as his own soul. Do you see that? Now let's read verse, verses 4 and 5. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Amen. Now you can see that is what is known as covenant friendship. Covenant friendship. Now in covenant friendship we have seen that there is a 
very high level of commitment. High level of commitment. High level of commitment. Now, how do you um, recognize or identify or know whether someone should be a covenant friend or not? Amen. Number one, when your soul, when I say your soul, the, 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 your, the core of your being now. Because you see, in the Old Testament, spirit souls sometimes are, were used interchangeably. But when you come into the New Testament, you see a clear-cut um, difference between a spirit and then the soul. Now the soul of Jonathan here talks about the core of his being. There is an attraction that is not just peripheral, that is not just emotional, that is not just surface, that you have to a covenant friend. It is purpose-based. It is destiny-based. You just know that you know that you know that you have something to do together. Either now or in the immediate future. There is this deep connection. Spirit-to-spirit attraction. Amen. That's how you know. Number two. You have an intersection of values. Values. Core values that make you who you are. Core values that make you who you are. Core values that stand you out. Core values that make you so peculiar and unique are the same values you find in this person. That means, as long as these values will make you who you are, and as long as these values will stand you out, then you will be together. Amen? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Number three, you, as you pray about it, God will begin to knit your soul together. There is a knitting. A soul here when I say soul here, I mean thinking, deep desires, deep desires, deep desires. There is a knitting. God begins to knit your deep desires together. That anytime you meet and you fellowship together, something leaps on the inside of you. So, you begin, as you begin to pray, of course, you, you will pray about it. You will not just go into any relationship that way. As you begin to pray, there will be a knitting in your spirit and his own spirit. Distance may be a barrier. Alright? But that is not going to stop that relationship. Amen. I said amen. And then listen to this. There are some relationships that should be... Um, I mean, friendship that should be covenant friendship... And should not translate into marriage. You have to be very, very sensitive to know which will translate into marriage. And the other one will not translate into marriage. Praise God. Amen. I will give you reasons why you should marry someone. Biblical reasons. Praise the Lord. Biblical reasons. Why there must be marriage. We come into that. But this is how you know a covenant friend. As you begin to pray, God will begin to knit your spirit together. 
you just realize that there is a connection beyond the natural level. Amen. And covenant friends are for a lifetime. They are not seasonal friends. In a lifetime, you might, you might not have more than one or two. If you are very, very friendly, that means you must show yourself friendly too. Amen? Then you could have about five. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Glory to God. So this kind of relationship goes with a deep sense of commitment. Proverbs chapter number 6. I have a lot to give you. This is a teaching. And this is not everything about relationship. Proverbs chapter number 6. Verse 1 says, My son, if thou be shorty for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared. With the words of thy mouth, thou art taken with the words of Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. And then he goes on to say, To this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend, make sure thy friend, give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine high legs. Amen. Now, how many of us have um, heard this scripture, verse 2? Thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. How many of us have heard that scripture before? Amen. Good. Now, we apply this scripture in confession, mostly. Right? But if you read in context, it's not talking about confession. That does not mean it cannot be applied in confession. Alright? It's talking about having entered into a shorty, a covenant with a friend. And you have spoken Thus and thus and thus. It means that you have spoken that and you have committed yourself by those words that you have spoken. You cannot come back and say, I did not say so. Amen. Sometimes when I see people break relationships, you know, engage, break up, this one, break up, that one, break up. I feel like, hey. Say with your mouth, I'm not a truce breaker. A truce is a covenant. Hmm? That's what it means. Never get into any relationship that you are just trying out. Because one, if you keep breaking relationships, it will, it will break your softness and cause it to be hardened. You will come to a point in your life that you don't have that pliability. You don't have that ductility any longer. You are kind of hardened emotionally because you've been in several relationships. And that's why I always tell people, are you ready for this? And say, I'm ready. <laughs> I love this person with all of my heart and all that. Listen, are you ready for it? Don't come and tell me, um, I was praying and the Lord shared to me <laughs> in a night vision. That um, this person is no longer my husband. I said, look, you're ensnared by the words of your mouth. Alright? 
Praise the Lord. I told my wife, the very day I proposed, I said, I have taken time to think about this issue. I will marry you. He said, really? I said, yes. I came to marry you. I didn't come to test anything. I'm not test running anything. I have studied you. We were friends before I said, I want to marry her. Alright? I don't know where people got this idea from. Proposing to a stranger. <laughs> Love at first sight. When I just saw the person like this and ah, I just fell in love. You will rush out of it. It's a matter of time. It, it, it's good. You could be friends for four or five years. Yeah. If you feel like it's not time and you've not seen enough reason to say, you know, don't let anybody beg you into this. Don't be there. And then they kneel down and then say, please marry me. I say, okay, I'll marry you. No, don't do that. If you don't have enough reason to go into a relationship, don't go into it. It is not good for Christians to go into one relationship, break it, go into another one, break it, go into another one, break it, go into another one, break it. It is not scriptural. Amen? If I have not seen bone of my... You see, you have to act like Adam before the fall. Amen? Adam observed. There was silence there. God brought her to him. And God didn't do an introduction. Did God do an introduction? No. God didn't say, look at her again. She's meant for you. No. No encouragement. No coercing. Amen. And then he voiced out, this is now what? This is now bone of my bones. And what? Flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman. Because she was taken out of a man. And then God said, therefore... He was a priest there. Therefore shall a man leave his what? Father, mother, and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Glory to God. That is the way it works. Amen. And I beseech you by the message of God, do not threaten to break relationships. In fact, if you are in a relationship that you have some threats and all that, it's not healthy. For me, I will sit down and say, let's resolve this now. Are we in this relationship trying out something or we want to get married? I don't have time to waste for me. I don't want to get into any relationship that is not going anywhere. How many of us want to get into that kind of relationship? You know it's not going to end up anywhere, but you are just there. I just like the guy. And you know, well, something is not coming out of this. Well, I just want to hang around him. Amen. No, don't get into that kind of relationship. Don't fool yourself. Don't. Hallelujah. Before you commit yourself, amen, I believe the next covenant to, or let me put it this way, the covenant before the marriage covenant is the covenant of friendship. Friendship itself is a covenant. Yeah. You have to know that. And don't be casual about it. Don't be frivolous about it. Don't be light about it. Be serious about it. Be serious minded. When it comes to things like that, saying to someone, 
I want to marry you, or saying to someone, I want you to be my future partner. Do you think it's a small matter? Please don't act it out when you don't mean it. It's not a small matter. Ladies, is it a small matter? It's not. She's already acting like it and all that, and then you now come and say, <laughs> I didn't really mean it. It's not. Amen. I like to define relationship. Look, this is it. Um, we are friends on this level, right? Do you understand? Or should I do a teaching on it? Yeah, you, you have to get to understand it. If we are friends on this level of ministry, we are friends on the level of ministry. Get it right. Amen. For some of you, you have to go and make peace with some people you have wounded and crushed. I'm telling the truth. God has forgiven you. Alright, don't touch condemnation, but you must make peace. Because somebody else is involved. The Bible talks about, you know, um, forgiveness on two levels. When someone offends you, alright, you forgive the person. You can do that without the person being present. That is, the person has offended you. Right? Now, when you offend someone else, or you offend another person, and then you got to know that you offended the person, you don't say, well, I believe the person should forgive me. You go and make peace with that person. I did this so so time. Hope you were not offended. Ah, it pained my heart to, hey, my brother, sorry. I didn't mean to. Alright? That's making peace. The Bible says we should follow peace with what? All men. And what? Holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So, following peace with all men means you go there and say, I'm so- I didn't mean to hurt you this badly. I'm sorry. Praise God. Do you get that? If you got it, wave your hands. Uh-huh. Not that you are feeling condemned. No. Amen. You are not. But you're making peace. How many of us have had one person offend us or the other? Maybe the person said something and then the person just came all of a sudden and um, I'm no more doing and all that, you know? If you have had that, wave your hands. Good. You see that? Some people are saying, some people are saying, ah, in this kind of place. <laughs> Church folks, amen. Praise God. Wave your hands. Wave your hands. Glory to God. Amen. So, what do you have to do when that happens to you? Now, if the person did it to you, forgive the person immediately so that it does not affect you as a person. Alright? Now, if you know that you have done something wrong against someone and you feel like, I'm not going to say sorry, alright, it's going to affect you too because you're not making peace. You make peace. Praise God. Hallelujah. So it is not a casual thing. It is not a small matter. Be friends and then tell the person, we are friends on this level. If you are giving your commitment, do not assume it. Did you hear that? Don't assume your commitment. You know we are already together now. No. Ladies, please, don't let a guy hang around you and then you don't know why the guy is hanging around you. All right? 
but you just enjoy the guy's company. Alright? And then you're already acting out as though you are in love, and then the guy is also in love. And then the guy comes up and says, you know the relationship, you know what is between us. And he says, eh, I know now. Are we not together? No, we are not together. <laughs> now, it's good for you to let the guy know that, look, what is your intention? What are your motives? What do you want? Alright? Um, um, I love you and all that. On, on what level? Let's know. Let's know. I don't want mixed feelings. I want to sleep well when I'm on my bed. Amen. Let's know. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's good. Am I preaching good? If I'm preaching good, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. So let's look at one more scripture and then we close. We have just five more minutes. We close. Amen. Proverbs chapter number 18 and verse 24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Do you see must there? I said, do you see must there? A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Do you see that? Amen. And that's why I don't have too many friends. Because I want to obey the word of God. I want to be a doer of the word. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Do you see that? Now, for you, if you are not ready for any relationship, don't go into it. Because every relationship will come with some level of what? Commitment. Particularly friendship. All right? And that's why sometimes some people say, well, you, you are demanding so much from me. I should be sending text messages every day. I should call you at night to two hours every day. Alright? Ah, this is too much on me and all that. You should have counted the cost before you know, embarking on building a tower. Yeah. You should have sat down to count the cost. Whether with what you have you are able to finish this tower that you want to build. <laughs> because <laughs> there are some relationships that are very demanding. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember when I just got married, I went to visit with one of my friends in Abuja. And then I stayed there. I stayed. I just forgot myself there. I was just enjoying myself. I just had forgotten that I had gotten married. Amen. Praise God. And then my wife called me. When are you coming home? <laughs> I'm coming home right now. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. You don't say, why is this woman bothering me now? I know that. No. I signed in for it. I did. I did. I did. So if you're not ready for it, don't go into it. If the man is saying, okay, we have to eat out social place and all that, and then there's a conference I want us to attend, ah, it's going to really bless you and all that, and I say, I don't have time for all those. No. You signed in for it. If you are going to opt out of it, there must be a very genuine excuse that, oh, I have to study this and all that. Okay, no problem. 
I'll attend and then I'll bring you the tapes. You signed in for it. And then you are signing in for something too. For ladies, you know, you practice when you want to get engaged and then you want to get married, then you are telling the man that you will impregnate me. Yeah. After you have gotten married now. And then you will carry pregnancy. Amen. For how many months? Nine months. Alright? And then you will breastfeed too. It's part of the deal. So, prepare yourself. Amen. I said amen. You know, that house that, you know, you and your husband alone, your in-laws will come and visit. And then you're not used to preparing food for a large number of people. Alright, they will come in troops. (laughs) It's part of the deal. Glory to God. Yeah. So if you're not ready for that, just tell yourself, let's still hold on before we get married. Let me prepare psychologically. Amen. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. By God's grace next week, all throughout this month, we'll be dealing with you know, issues on relationships. Amen. Because I know a lot of people do not understand that. Now there's something I hear that I want to read to you. Despite all our training in life, we seldom learn about the nitty gritty of relationships what the simple laws are that make them all we want them to be. Amen? Most people think that relationships exist to make them happy. They are selfish people. Amen? You seek the happiness of the other party first before your own happiness. Praise God. If you are getting into any relationship, you seek the happiness of the other person. And then it will come back to you. Whatever you want men do unto you. The Bible says what? Do likewise unto them. That means you want that thing. Then you activate it. And then it comes to you. Shall we rise to your feet? Amen. You are getting to know. Don't just open your mouth to say... I love this person. I want to marry you. Are you ready for it? He who has friends must show himself friendly. Must show himself friendly. Must show himself friendly. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands to God and just speak to him right now. We know you've been blessed by this message. For further information and details on how to be a partner, please contact Shago Baju Teaching Ministries on plus two three four seven zero six six four five three one two two or plus two three four eight zero six zero one triple zero nine three. Stay blessed.